0: Welcome back to Education Podcast. Last time, we left off with a very humbling experience from our interview with a very knowledgeable person who shared some of his insights from transferring from urban to rural and vice versa.
1: And this time, we'll be taking a look at how different environmental settings affect the overall teaching experience.
0: Now, without further ado, let's get started on the episode.
1: Hello everyone, my name is Samuel Torres and I will be hosting today's interview with a special guest along with my co-host
0: Tina Silverio. How are you doing everyone?
1: So anyway, we would like to welcome our guest for today to our show, The Educacion Podcast.
0: So in today's episode, we will be interviewing a very special guest who had a lot of teaching experience from teaching in rural areas till he switched to urban academic institutions. He graduated with a bachelor degree, major in religious education, and he also studied in Ateneo de Manila University with Masters of Arts in Religious Education (FIRE) a program. And he has been teaching for 17 years now, coming from Nazareth School in Manila for three years, Don Bosco, Santa Mesa, Manila for six years, and then Savior School for seven years, St. James Academy, Playa del Bulacan for six months.
1: Looks like our special guest has a wide variety of experiences. So without further ado, let us all welcome Mr. Angelo Garcia. Hello. Hello. Yeah, so hello everyone. I'm Mr. Angelo Garcia. Um,
2: You're correct, so I'm quite shy. (laughs) I mean, after while listening to how you would introduce me, so yes. So I've been teaching for 17 years. I'm going 18 and I don't know until when, but there. Okay.
0: A pleasant day to you also, Mr. Garcia. So how are you feeling today?
2: I'm, well... Basically, this is the first time that I'm invited to to a podcast, so I'm a bit nervous but at the same time, exciting because I think I would have to recall all my experiences back when I I first graduated and on different schools. So if you notice a while ago, during the introduction, I've been to a lot of schools, well, not a lot, but different schools with different setups. So it's kind of
1: nice to somehow look back there. Well, thank you for joining us for your first ever episode. So, thank you for being here.
0: With all that out of the way, let's now move to our discussion.
1: So, Mr. Garcia, from your time teaching, what are the most prominent factors that you noticed from moving from a learning institution in a rural area to an urban institution?
2: The first one, I think, and the most important is, well, very pressing and I think very evident is the quality of education. Okay, so as well, this is based from my experience. So just just want to share with all of you guys that these are all based from my experiences. I think probably things are different now, but during my time when I transferred from rural to urban, um, the quality of education in the rural areas are not that okay in a way. Uh, In urban areas, they're more advanced, right? And one example would be having to be aided with computers in urban areas, they have computers already. So, I mean, that would make learning more um, fun and enjoyable for students and they get to learn more and aside from that more teachers smart teachers are readily available in urban areas so that would mean better curriculum also for for the students um, there and then what else mm, one thing also I noticed it uh, at least basically students are more they're given chances they're given more opportunities to, to somehow Um, join in competitions, sports or even extracurricular activities, they have that Um, in rural areas they don't have much um, opportunities to join competitions or well um, extracurricular activities probably because they do lack teachers as well who would handle or moderate those organizations or clubs so uh, probably those are the common or more prominent, prominent factors why Um, students or even teachers would um, transfer from rural to urban areas there.
0: Alright, so since you've mentioned the transfer from rural to urban areas of both teachers and students, I suppose you've noticed the number of students in your class who would have to transfer. If so, can you elaborate this trend and what are their common reasons for moving?
2: Um, I've taught for about three years uh, or less in a rural area and then um, I'm teaching. I taught grade six during that time, and of course, um, it's basically a transition year for students from grade six. They would uh, really decide if they're still going to push through to high school from the same school, or they would transfer. Sad to say that most of my students, my advisory class, right after grade six, or they would tell me that they have plans of transferring uh, from for for a more big a bigger school, a more inviting school, a school that well, kind of, somewhat like known. The name would also add up to that. There, so definitely, I, I definitely I've experienced a lot of students transferring from rural to urban. One one reason, just like a slide from what I mentioned earlier, the availability of resources, learning resources like libraries, LRCs. I mean, this is very important for students, right? I mean, some would not even think that this is even an important uh, important part of the school, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly, but. Still, for for there are really students. There are students who are really looking for a bigger, a much comfortable, uh, learning environment, such as a library in the school. And sad to say, the school that I that I that the school that I was in during that time was, they really. I mean, they do have a library, but in terms of books, available books, some are some are really obsolete. Some books are. I mean, even other equipments are not are not functioning. Probably they're just there for display. So again, again, I'm talking based from my experience. I'm not. I'm not saying these things just to somehow belittle a school or something like that, but in reality, this is really what is happening. I mean, the physical structure of the school would really, I mean, the, the motivation of the school, to, of the students to stay in a school would, one, depend on the physical structure of the school itself. So one is there, the library, access to internet, which is also a thing, and then, well, comfortability. If the, students, if the students are comfortable with the learning environment, I mean, they will stay, stay in that environment or stay in that institution
1: there. So I guess it really is safe to conclude that students who transfer from rural to urban areas want to change their learning environments because urban areas do have a better learning environment. But how about you yourself, Sir Garcia? Do you find yourself relating to any of your students for having reasons of moving from, ur- uh, from urban to rural or vice versa? yes
2: exactly that's why well that's why i mean just just like what was mentioned earlier when i was introduced well as you notice i've transferred from one school over the other probably because one i'm looking for well well of course we cannot deny the fact that of course part part of that would be how you would i mean how the school will be able to help you in terms of um i mean you have your own finances also i mean mean, you do have i mean in terms of that so the school can also help you provide with uh, with the things that you would be needing right as a teacher so that's one so i have to consider that number two of course better opportunities for um professional growth and development so if teachers are given um are, are given opportunities for them to attend seminars right and that would be a help right me as a teacher um, especially when i was uh, first assigned what to, to this school well of course anyway i don't have to mention the name right so, you don't uh, have
0: to, sir. Yeah.
2: Uh, yes. So I was given a lot of teaching loads. I was just to share, just to share, right? So I was given a lot of teaching loads. Well, just like what was mentioned, also I'm teaching religion, but in 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 that school, hopefully they won't be able to hear this <laughs> from that school. I was also asked to teach PE. I was also asked to teach to teach music there. So I am I am not. Well, they say teachers. Well, they can supposed to be flexible, right? But if you were unable to master that subject or even the skills, it will be unfair for the students, correct? Mm-hmm. Right? So, it is really quite hard. So, well, I stayed there for three years, but I think in my three years of staying and then teaching those subjects, which I'm not really comfortable in teaching, it kind of made, made me sad because, well, I was not able to really maximize my skill as a teacher and then teach the subject that I'm good at, which is, well, religion really in that sense. So, that's why I need to transfer. I, I wanted to really refocus and go back to the, my specialization, right? So, I mean, of course you have to go to a particular school that will really help you out in terms of growing in that uh, area, particularly. So I had to transfer. So I think, well, same goes with those students who really who thought of transferring. They also wanted to grow. They also wanted to learn more. They also wanted to develop. So I think that's the main reason. Am I speaking too much or something? No, it's <laughs> or it okay. Going? It's
0: okay. <laughs>
2: okay, so I mean, probably those are the reasons why I have to transfer. And probably, uh, hopefully, I will not transfer. I, I mean, I would stop and really be, I will stay in this where I am now. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> uh, hopefully, yes.
0: All right. So, as we have previously mentioned in our previous episodes, some students behave differently depending on their circumstances. Mm. And many, many contexts involve talaga. So, can you please give us an example of how different the approaches of students are between urban and rural areas?
2: Okay. So, surprisingly, I don't know if um, if, if uh, teachers or even people do have a certain notion about students in rural areas. But surprisingly, when I was when I had uh, when I was able when I was given the opportunity to teach in a rural area, I mean, students are really disciplined. They they have they have this somehow kind of fear. When it comes to their teachers. So whenever a teacher is already there or about to enter the classroom, they would really go back to their places and really behave as if and not, I mean, I'm not exaggerating things, but they they really like that. They really behave. They're really, really very disciplined. And I think it's kind of really fun um, teaching in the classroom where you really don't have to worry about um, calling out students because they are misbehaving. So well, i mean i'm speaking for my experience i don't know with other schools in the rural areas but that is basically what what i was able to observe while in an un- urban areas yes pretty much the same thing but well to sell to tell you honestly some students are quite they do have this entitled entitled kind of an attitude i don't know if that's even a term entitlement right parang instead of, since uh, mm, they're pretty much sheltered right in a way they have this tendency to go overboard they don't know their limitations their boundaries when it comes to behavior so just like a spoiled brat where you have to really you have to really talk to talk it out with him or something like that so not all but i've encountered a few of you um so those were some of the things that i think um well um, this is pretty much based from what i experienced, what I've seen, what I've observed, right? But not all, not all. Some students in, well, a lot of students also also in urban areas are very disciplined. Some students were really, I mean, having this bad kind of attitude in rural areas at the same time. So pretty much mix in that sense. I mean, you really can't draw the line between behaviors of students in, in urban or in rural areas. Uh, I mean, they have a mix of both,
1: actually. They have a mix of both. So I guess it's safe to say that students everywhere are very diverse yeah, exactly. depending on what school it doesn't really uh, depending on where you're from it doesn't justify how you are as a student but, yeah exactly yeah. moving along from uh, my students uh, Mr. see how significant in your opinion are the effects of regional variables such as economic factors social factors industrialization and so on to a region's educational growth okay that's a tough question though <laughs> so basically um,
2: I've seen more of the negative effect of that one of which is economic for example development if of course, to um, so t- parents, let's start it off from parents. Because if parents doesn't have much income, I think that would be a major problem for them. So they can't send their 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 sons, their children to school, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine just simply they have to bear I any mean, cost of uh, tuition fees, right? Books, probably supplies, uniforms, so on and so forth. So if they don't have much income, how can they even afford those things? Right. So that's one major factor, right? I think it has something to do with poverty also at the same time. Parents also, if parents are not, they were unable to finish school, Uh, I mean, they, they won't be able also to see the importance of education. I mean, believe me, I've talked to a lot of parents who were unable to finish school and they don't see the importance of finishing. I mean, to having to finish school, even up to college. I mean, for them, if you are elementary graduate, you're good to go. You have to find a job, feed the family, or help out in the family, so on and so forth. So there, that's actually education is but secondary or not even part of the priority for them. For them, they just they have to find a job, a source of income, something like that, for them to be able to have something on the table. So that's basically a thing for them. So, on a more positive note, if it's for industrialization, of course, I mean, in terms of education, of course, that would greatly help more people to be educated and since they are all educated, better opportunities are all are with them, right, in terms of um, for their future, right? So, I think both, a s- still a mix of both positive and negative effects also in terms of those factors there.
0: It makes sense, man, Sir uh, Garcia, how mixed things can get when it comes to having pros and cons of mm-hmm. industrialization and economic growth. Mm-hmm. But um, on that same note, what do you believe can be done to alleviate or allow rural parts in the country to catch up with the urban educational advancements?
2: Actually, sad to say, um, if I don't know if you're... You know, I mean, this has been an issue, a pressing issue, a pressing concern in in the Philippines, right? Education and a lot of people are really pushing for uh, a budget that that will be allocated for education. But sad to say, I mean, even if even if this has been pushed, still a lot of people in the rural areas are not don't doesn't don't have enough. Um, what do you call this one, capability for them to even cater to the needs of the students, and to the needs of the the people, yes, yeah, especially in terms of education. So, one is correct allocation of budget, okay? So, the main reason why urban urban areas are more prominent is because they have the budget, right? So they have the budget for it I and mean, then they can just build infrastructures, more infrastructures. Um, they can invite more teachers to, uh, to, to join the institution, right? And with that, of course, it's quite inviting for young people to even enroll in that particular institution. So, how about those, oh, those? the schools in the rural areas? If budget are not properly allocated, what will happen to them? So, I think that's one main problem that we have, correct allocation of budget. And of course, I mean the budget itself. For, for education so of course to have a higher a proportion of qualified teachers that would also be another factor right so there are a lot of teachers but um, quality teachers of course are really really in demand now right but more teachers well we need more teachers but well I'm not trying to well stereotype teachers but or education itself but some people don't see education as a course as something that is quite inviting for them to even. In, right? for, the, for, even, for them to even choose right? I mean, it depends on the season because eh? before, during my time nursing or any medical related thing yung uso in that sense right? Right, right? Ngayon ulit kasi pandemic so yon. So that's another thing I think that ano, well, sad to say I mean, people are focusing much on the exterior part not on what is really needed budget, right? something like that
1: budget allocation is very important for mm. developing infrastructure the general learning environment and for the teachers to have better capacities in teaching students but exactly. is there anything that's different within urban and rural curriculums is there anything that is different from urban education and rural education um, that of needs course. to be changed in, in your opinion
2: in rural areas because they do follow the deaf curriculum so whatever the DEPED would say they would follow because that's they're under the deaf curriculum. In urban areas where private schools are actually there, they have this privilege to modify to have their own curriculum. Let's say, for example, your school, right? I mean, your School, Ateneo, other schools, universities, they have the privilege to modify their own curriculum depending on the need of the students. So that's basically what I see. I mean, that's the big difference that we have for when it comes to curriculum. Um, Yes, modification for rural areas, they can also do that. But of course, at the same time, they they have to follow the structure, a certain structure, uh, uh, given by the depth. So that's basically one. Um, if a teacher wanted to be more innovative in terms of um, somehow making curric- the curriculum flexible, well, there's a, a process that the teacher have to go through even before having those curriculum approved in that way but if it will help of course i mean all will all, all of this will the process even will all boil down to uh, the need of the learners just students. so i think yeah i think they can still go they can still compromise when it comes to that so that's the difference of the curriculum
1: in general there so it's good right. knowing that there are institutions out there that adapt to their students needs exactly exactly they have to they have to, <laughs> they right, have to. Right.
2: yeah yeah uh,
0: So, with that in mind, uh, Mr. Garcia, what what can a regular student or regular citizen do to assist folks in rural areas who may be in need of assistance?
2: Um, To tell you honestly, there isn't much, um, well, this is a pressing concern, but um, people I think they are not fully aware of what is really happening or what the issue is when it comes to education. Um, it's either they're not aware or they do they, they, they just don't care but' there so we have to pretty much be made aware of what is really happening or of, of, or the issue that we are all facing especially here in the Philippines um probably want to be simply volunteering to any well I myself when I was in college I do volunteer um well I, part of my Part of my, what do you call this one, formation when I was in college is to go to the remote areas, as in literally remote areas. You have to go to the mountains. So, I was able, I did experience that. And then, well, I'm teaching religion, but when I was assigned to a particular place up in the mountains of Pampanga, there, I encountered the ITAS people there. Yes, and I stayed there for a month, so I wasn't able to teach religion because that's not a priority for them, right? I mean, their main priority is how they will be able to survive the day, so it's more of livelihood in that sense, so' it's pretty sad because I mean, if you are just come to think of it and if you just have to compare i mean people in in the urban areas are really enjoying education while people here in the mountains. I mean, that's not even their priority there. So volunteer work, I think that's one. Um, especially um, in remote areas. We do have a lot of schools in the remote areas, right? And I really do admire teachers who really would, would go out of their way just for them to be able to send the modules or to bring those modules for students in rural areas. I don't know if you've seen that, right? The moment we this pandemic hit us, right, a lot of teachers would go from one place to the other just for them to uh, to share or give those modules to uh, be used by the students there. So that's one. Well, monetary donation, well, I think that's general already, right? Or pre love books, right? Those pre love books that are really um, needed. Um, books are really expensive, right? I think you can all agree with me and say books are really expensive and teachers do. Not use those books much often right they will just ask you to read for a, a couple of pages and that's it <laughs> there so that's another one um adapt a school program so uh, I've been to a school where they do have uh, they do uh, in a way adapt as they do have uh, I don't want I don't know if you call it a brother school or something but they have adapted this school and then whatever, the, whatever um, concerns they do have in their main school, they would also apply to the adapted school. So that is also uh, that's actually a good initiative of the school and I just hope all schools, I mean schools that are capable I mean big schools can also do that to really help out because just like what I said earlier, allocation of budget, I mean there, there isn't much budget to begin with so well, I mean individual people can actually, well, they need to, in a way, start, start to initiate, right, or to volunteer for this cause. Well,
1: uh, there. Hopefully people do understand the significance of education with their country because mm-hmm. education really isn't the top priority that our country is prioritizing, but moving right. along from that, yeah. You know, mm-hmm really is hard to get people to understand how important education is to alleviate more of our country's problems and issues because it yeah. stems from education and every other issue we have as a nation is interconnected with one another so hopefully we do realize this but moving along from that Mr. CEO, what about what are the challenges that you face during your time teaching in rural areas accessibility to
2: reading materials they don't have much books the books that the, the books that they were able to acquire probably came from their older brothers that has been passed on from generation to generation something like that so they use pretty much the same books and of course um, topics change right um, when they say for example 1 plus 1 do they probably later on well let's not talk about math but they're <laughs> <my favorite laughs> friend, probably 1 plus 1 is 2 but next in the years after that something like something like that okay so um, so pretty much that. Uh, pretty much the reading materials. That would that's one. Um, instructions also um, are much different from urban to uh, from. I mean, in rural areas and then uh, in urban areas as well. Some students in rural areas are also. They tend to learn. Um, I don't want to call it slow learners, but I, I don't. I can't think of a better term now. But pretty much something like that. In, in rural areas, probably because of the circumstances that they're in, the situation, um, and the availability of resources. So, well, I think it's safe to say that this will all boil down to poverty, they don't have much, um, they can't afford um, good quality, I mean, resources, well, even if resources are made available for them, they can't afford it, that is why um, that's one, I think, of a challenge that they are facing right now, That those who are in the rural areas. Um, just to share with you a quick story. Um, um, I've, well, in as much as I really wanted to be quite creative, I, would ask, I, I did ask my students to bring materials, the usual, art paper, right? Glue, in grade school, right? Something like that. And to my surprise, I have 32 students in a classroom. And then to my surprise, when I, on uh, the next day, only two were able, only two students were able to bring those materials. And they are not even complete. So, very sad when I asked a couple of students, they said that they can't afford to buy, they can't afford those materials. So, well, very heartbreaking for me too. How can I even, I mean, in as much as a teacher would really want to be creative in how he or she will be able to deliver uh, the instructions in the classroom if there are no materials available for both students and teachers. I mean, it would really be quite hard. So, there very, very frustrating for, for, for teachers and in as much as you, I mean, you, whenever I would see students in the eyes and parang sense that they are really eager to learn but they don't have any means, so really, really, really hard. Talaga, sobrang, <laughs> <Something laughs> like ha, Seriously, yes, uh, really sad, actually
0: yeah i would have to agree with that really and mm-hmm. with a concrete story um it's easier to picture how difficult it can get even in uh, such a simple story but it would really draw your heartstrings and um so i'm saying this also because i personally want to become an educator
1: myself
0: oh so i really appreciate the insights you're sharing. Um, Welcome the, to the club! <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, okay, so do you think um, 10 years from now, the gap between school institutions in rural and urban areas will narrow down?
2: Uh, it is not impossible, right? Um, of course, uh, we do hope. I mean, this is basically pretty much our dream, right? Not to not to even feel that there is indeed a gap between uh, rural areas and then urban areas when it comes to education. Um, is it safe to say that the government really need to prioritize education? Well, I've been mentioning that a couple of times, right? <laughs> I'm like a pilot here. <laughs> <laughs> there. So there is uh well, um, well, I have classmates who trans who are who transferred from urban to rural areas and then when whenever we'd have this reunion they would share stories like how they were able to survive a day in a rural area in a in a classroom in rural areas and then I mean nowadays when the last time that we were together i mean there isn't any much of a difference when it comes to teaching i mean r- schools in education also in rural areas are really evolving right and thank god <laughs> there and i just hope i just hope later on we won't really feel that there is indeed a gap between education uh, i mean in education between rural and urban areas right so there well hopefully all of these things will be addressed especially yung budget allocation Really, really, really in need. I mean, we
1: really need that, especially in well, in the rural areas. Correct. Mm-hmm. People really need to understand that education is important because, in a sense, that there are mm-hmm. other issues in the country such as corruption. wherein If you have, if corruption exists, then mm-hmm. proper budget allocation for education and alleviating poverty is an issue. And mm-hmm. through poverty, we won't have proper development of our education, and what corruption will continue to exist. And but the exactly. thing is, without education citizens won't be able to understand how to alleviate poverty and corruption as a whole and other issues within the country. So exactly. education really is a priority. And something that I'd like to mention, uh, which you mentioned a while ago with regards to how the uh, students in rural areas have outdated materials and how you yourself as a teacher try to be creative. And it just yeah. made me remember one quote from John Dewey. He's an educational philosopher and he said that if we teach today as we did yesterday, then we rob our children of tomorrow in the sense that it states how learning is ever-evolving and there are always going to be new ways to teach exactly. students for students to learn and hopefully rural areas will be able to adapt to the modern ways of teaching. Mm, exactly, a nice point there. Actually, education
2: is a, a basic human right. So, students mm-hmm. do have right to education, right? So so they are all entitled to and then they are supposed to be educated in that sense so we cannot just grab that away from them just because we don't have any resources or means well i will go back again to my i <laughs> don't know if it's a personal issue or something like that but still yeah kind of sad na, and as much as they wanted to study they can't because they don't have much resources to start it with there
0: Right. Mm -hmm. I really like the point you raised, co-host Sam, and uh, I'd like to share my main takeaways from this whole interview. I really like how we were able to pinpoint the intricacies and the connections between the poverty, corruption, and education, even economics, and how it 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 all relates with one another in such a way that one has an effect to the other. And and I also really like what you've shared about how teachers uh, the quality teachers are also really important and this is not to say that the teachers we have aren't quality or the teachers we have are inferior but this is just to raise awareness that in reality there is quite a discrepancy or inconsistency with with the whole thing and it's not only pinpointing that education is not prioritized there's also this corruption issue there's also this poverty issue and everything comes into play so that's just a point and the takeaway that i'd like to say how about you sam what was your takeaways
1: i think i've mentioned everything i wanted to mention a while ago (laughs) for the voice part
0: and just like that, we are wrapping another episode up again. And we would like to thank our listeners for staying all throughout this episode. And of course, our very special guest, Mr. Garcia. We hope you enjoyed this episode and as much as we did, La Luna first time you na nag guest on isang podcast.
2: Uh, I-, I did enjoy actually. I have a lot of things to say. I'm pa- <laughs> I did enjoy it. So uh, yeah, I-, I hope I was able to somehow well, with my sharing I hope I, just, I was able to share a little bit of things here. And well, the listeners here, I, I hope they also learn a lot and how they will really treasure education. And I take note, I mean, they are all, I mean, lucky to be uh, in, a, in an institution to start it with, right? So love the education. You have to really love it, right?
1: So there. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners out there have widened their understanding of how important education is. So thank you for being insightful and honest with your answers. And we greatly appreciate your fruitful discussion. Thank you. Thank you also.
2: Thank you.
0: And looking back, it is quite unbelievable that we have a few remaining episodes left. So stay tuned for our next episodes because I heard we are preparing something special up our sleeves. So that is something we could all look forward to.
1: Yes, Gina. I may also remind you to catch us on our other social media platforms. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Spotify, and like our Facebook page. Links are down below in the description. Once again, my name is Samuel Torres.
0: I am Tina Silveiro. That is all for today. This has been Education Podcast. May we all have a great week ahead
1: of us. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye.